the Broken Twig Podcast with your hosts, Nobes and Hursty. The Leaf signed Joe Thornton and Scott Sabrin too, but mainly Joe Thornton. Woohoo! Let's go. Hursty, what do you think of those moves? Good moves, good moves. I think Matthews is now legally obligated to buy a Scott Sabrin jersey. I think that he is, and I would really like to see them playing. I would really like to see them playing together. I would not like either. Well, not like an actual game, just in preseason. They're playing. That's not good. Okay. Yeah, well, I know, but yeah. Well, well, uh, everybody, now we haven't actually introduced you fully yet, but. This is the Broken Twig Podcast, everybody. I am Nobs. This is Hursty with me, and we talk about hockey. So, yeah, we already got into it with the Leafs signing Joe Thornton, and there was a lot of rumors about him signing with the Leafs, and he has been playing with HC Davos in the Swiss League. So I I actually didn't think that he'd sign with an NHL team. I I thought that he'd take his time, like play and stuff, and then do it. But... I guess that he has decided to sign with the Leafs. And it's actually good that he already has a contract in the, like, in the NLA, which is the Swiss League, because that means that he'll be able to play and stuff while we're waiting for the season to start. So he'll already be warmed up and ready to go for the new season. Yeah, well, that, that's good. And people are saying a famous uh, quote from noted Leaf hater, and nobody likes him. Steve Pence set, tweeted out that the Leafs are trying to win the 2012 NHL Stanley Cup. Congrats, Steve Simmons. But actually, we're trying to complete the Steve Simmons Get the Fuck Off Leaf Twitter project. So if you would uh, kindly adhere to our project, nobody likes you, Steve Simmons. Yeah. Have they taken away his press pass yet? Because if they haven't, they should soon. They definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> they like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like all like it's league minimum deal. Like there's nothing. It's a one those. It's Simmons. low risk and it can pay off really well for you. So I don't get uh, how you can be mad. Like, uh, well, we- Steve Simmons is along with Craig Button, Pierre McGuire, and one other guy who I forget. They're all part of. Toronto Leafs hating idiot media. So, yeah. 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 That's true. They are part of it. And, like, I, it, it, like why does it matter? And there's another tweet that's also really dense. What does it say about John Tavares? The Leafs need to add people in the bottom six for more leadership. Like, shut up. Like, what, like you can't do that by yourself. Like, what's the point? What does it say about the head coach that they need odd assistant coaches too? What, no, what, they, what, what they actually need is they need to trade Mitch Marner and get uh, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Perry because Mitch Marner doesn't have grit. Yeah, the Leafs need to trade William Nylander for Radko Gudis because Gudis can hit well, people. Actually, the Marner thing is actually uh, a list an idiot that called in 
Yeah. Idiot that called into a show actually said that uh, they should move Mitch Marner and get uh, Corey Perry. Great idea. Great idea. Get Great back idea. to the 40s where you just punch everyone in the face. Yeah. Congrats. Well, uh, just a few minutes ago, right before we started the podcast, the greatest player of all time has just been signed. The Pittsburgh Penguins, Cody Cece, just got a new deal. One year, 1.25 mil. I feel uh, bad. I feel bad for Penguins fans. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say that. We bought out chat. Yeah, we continue. It's like, yay, finally, we bought out Jack Johnson. Who cares that we got Matson? It's fine. We no longer have to worry about Jack Johnson. You know, when a Jim Rutherford says, hey, everybody, I just signed Cody Cece, but for cheaper. Yay. Why is everybody shouting my name? It's because they like the deal, right? Right? Yeah, right? maybe if I buy out the worst defenseman in the league, it means I can get the second and third worst defenseman in the league. Yeah. That's that's actually a very good strategy, you know. Hmm. It's it's called cap management, Hursty. Yeah, it's called smartnessism. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it how is. you get the turnover tandem pair of CC Matheson. What what which do you think is a worse pair, Matheson and CC or Dubnik and Jones? I think Dubnik's gonna have a rebound year. I don't believe that was fully due. Something was wrong with him last year. I thought he was going to be really good last year. I thought he was going to break out, and he was shit. But honestly, I think Martin Jones isn't that terrible. I think a worse, a possible worse tandem would be Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen. Uh, Mike Smith, by the way, worse than Aaron Dell. So I don't understand why they were like, Hey, look at all these bullies. Woo, goalie, 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 goalie. You know what? Let's go and take our 38-year-old shitty-ass goalie for $2 million. That's a very solid strategy. <laughs> yeah, I, there's been a lot of questionable moves, and especially Coach DC. If there's any Penguins fans listening to this podcast, you're not I feel sorry for you. Year. Yeah, you know, like when the Canucks, when they got screwed and they were doing really dumb, and we just made fun of them because we don't like Canucks fans. When the Penguins, when Jim Rutherford does a bunch of dumb moves, you no, know, like Penguins fans, I don't really have an issue with you. So we just feel sad for you. And we'll make fun of you sometimes, but that's just their nature. But not really that much, you know? Nobs, you ready for Cody Cece to score the overtime game winner in game seven against the Leafs? I totally am. That's probably going to happen because, yeah, it's the Leafs. Well, uh, there's been a lot of signings. And right after our podcast, a few days after we post, uh, their Petrangelo was signed. And so was Taylor Hall. And... I can speak for most people in the hockey world. Uh, who saw that coming? Hmm. Who saw Taylor Hall going to Buffalo? I don't know. I, did it. I did not either. I definitely did not see Taylor Hall going to Buffalo. 
I want to go to a good team that has a chance at winning. So I'm going to go to the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. You know what? I think that's a very solid strategy when you want to win to go to the team that has the longest active playoff drought. I, I really like that strategy. Yeah, I think he changed his mind, and what he kind of did was kind of smart. He's going to tear it up with Eichel, and then he's going to get paid next year. He's going to secure the bag, and he's going to be grossly overpaid. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I thought that he was going to get grossly overpaid this offseason. I thought that someone's going to sign for like $11 million or something. Well, yeah, I thought that's what uh, <laughs> we were taught. Steve Dangle of last December were debating if Taylor Hall would get uh, on this podcast, they were debating if Taylor Hall would get would be the first player to get more than Connor McDavid. Well, he is in a career destroyer zone, along with Connor McDavid. So who knows? Steve Dangle, noted guest of this podcast. Yep. Yeah. And then after, by that, the way, if you haven't checked out that episode, you definitely should. It's called Dangle Slight Snipe Selly. I definitely recommend it. Because it's the only one where it's not just me talking the entire time. And I'm sure you guys just don't want to listen to me talking. Because who does? So, yeah, you should definitely check that one out. Yeah. Well, anyways, on to the next uh, signing. Ottawa is making some big moves. They signed Evgeny Dadnov to a contract. Not a bad <laughs> deal, honestly. A few years. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's a contract that's not really... That dad, like, Dadnov, he's pretty good, actually. And I saw some people like Jay Fresh and Evolving Hockey who on Twitter who do contract predictions uh, were saying that at that term that he got, they projected him to get a lot more money. So I like that deal for the Sens. And, yeah, I, I like, to be honest, I when I was thinking of places where Dadnov was signing, I didn't really think of it that much. But I didn't really think of the Sens that much. But now that I see, like, it actually does make sense. I don't think the Sens will be too good this year, but then next year I think they'll be really good. They could definitely compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. Well, um, I'm kind of the only problem is their division, which we'll talk more about that in in later. Mm-hmm. But something to bring up, uh, I would just want to talk about a few minutes about the Leafs prospects who this year have been lighting it up, which I really like. Mr. Dubis, good at drafting. Nico Lettinen, not really a prospect, but he has 13 points in 11 games, including six goals. I think everyone already knows he's the best defenseman in the KHL by a bit of a margin. Just one. Yeah, best defenseman in Europe. He's really good. Yeah, and uh, unexpectedly, you might want to know this, but... uh, this guy actually has more points per game in the NHL than uh, uh, what's his name? Than uh, Sidney Crosby, possibly. More goals per game. Well, he has more goals per game than uh, Sidney Crosby. Uh, Connor McCain. Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin, and even probably Wayne Gretzky, and that yeah. is Igor Koshkov, who has a one goals per game. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. He, he you has, know, all the all the biased Rangers fan, all, all the ignorant Rangers fan will tell you that Mika Zibanejad led the league in goals per game last year. No, we we big galaxy brain, awesome Leafs fans know that it was really Jaeger Korshkov. Yep, 
And we don't need to mention how many games or goals he had because we all know he had better points, goals per game than everyone in the NHL last year. Yeah. And this, he's kind of doing really well in the KHL. 12 points in 15 games, including six goals, which is very nice to see. He was a second rounder back in 2016 or 16. I think 2016. Yeah, 2016. Back before the Leafs actually knew how to draft and just drafted players that are big. But yeah. Yeah. Because he is 6'4. And, 180 uh, pounds, but 6'4. Yeah. Big man. <laughs> and hopefully he's better than Freddie Gauthier. Jason Spezza fought more times in the playoff series last year, I think, than Freddie Gauthier's fought his entire career. Yeah. Freddie Gauthier is like 6'3, 220. So, see why. Freddie Gauthier is 6'6, six, six, isn't he? Oh, shit. I'm pretty yeah. sure that Freddie Gauthier is 6'6. Six, six. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's really tall. He's really big. And that's why you don't, you don't just draft because big, big boys, because you don't know if those big boys are just going to sit around being pussies. Yeah. What's like this drafted play? Uh, drafting zone, just because they're big, has never worked out. A play. Like, if you're well, describing a player and the main thing about them is that they're big, you know that that's not going to work out. Like, you know it's not. A player, if they're big, it should be like, they're good at this and they're also big. Like, Austin Matthews, he's really good scoring, but he's also big and is starting to use his body. But it's not like that's his main thing about him. Uh, well, to... Tyler Biggs was pretty amazing, so I'd have to disagree with you, but... That's true. That is true. Yeah, I, I really like how the least prospects have been doing, including Mikhail Abramov, eight points in four games in the QMJHL. Mikhail Abramov's a nice one. He's pretty underrated prospect. He was drafted last year in the fourth round by the Leafs, and I don't know. I just... I've, I've liked his game. I like his game, and he's been been solid. I think he's the captain here. Yeah, he is. The- he's the captain of his QMJHL team, which is something that you really like to see. Yeah, and it's very, very good that the Leafs prospects are doing well. And I want it to show people who's saying, oh, the Leafs suck at drafting. Oh, oh. If you Wait, say the- that the Leafs suck at drafting, you're a 65-year-old that's stuck in the 80s and think that penalty minutes are still a good stat to measure a player's worth. Like, it, literally, the only criticism that I've heard about Kyle Dupes' drafting is that he always drafts small, soft players. <laughs> Joe Thornton is currently listed as in the system for the Toronto Maple Leafs, along with all those other young prospects. And he's, a pretty good, he's a pretty good prospect for the Leafs. Like, I think that Joe yeah. Thornton... He was drafted a while ago and stuff, and his draft is behind him. But I think that if he keeps working hard, he maybe could make the Leafs and be a solid young contributor on this team. And another uh, another guy from Sault Ste. Marie, the Dubis team. The Dubis mm-hmm. team. Don't, Dubis? Uh, ignore the fact that uh, Thornton played on Sault Ste. Marie when Dubis was 10 because that's not important, but it's the Dubis team, and, you know, yeah, Dubas loves his players from Sault Ste. Marie. Jack Campbell, Joe Thornton, like, yeah, he just loves it. Yeah. Well, 
there's been a lot of we don't we can't really get to all the signings because there's just a crazy amount of signings. Petrangelo to Vegas that we can talk about. That was a sh- in my opinion. I, I don't know why you do that. You sign Petrangelo, yeah, he's amazing. Or and then now you have to trade Nate Schmidt for essentially nothing and you have to help the Canucks. Come on. Yeah. Well, Come yeah, on. they they still don't have they still over the count and they don't really have anyone major that they have to sign. But no, they traded Stastny. So now they need a number two center. Because as of right now, their number, really, they're just going to have to hope that Cody Glass will be able to step up and become their number two center. And that I'm not even entirely sure about. Because if he isn't, that means that they'll have to rely on Chandler Stevenson to be their second line center. Yikes. That's not very good. Mm -hmm. Well... Yeah, it makes no sense, and they helped out the Canucks, which I don't like. And that that can lead us into the next segment of which teams have gotten much better and improved the most in free agency, and which teams have gotten worse. And a perfect way to start is a team that's gotten worse, Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver Canucks. Let's go over their highlights so far. Losing Jacob Markstrom, signing Kyam Talbot, for a lot more than he's worth. Letting Troy Stetcher go for nothing, even though they could have signed him for for under $2 million. So, um, Letting Chris Tanev and Tyler Toffoli go. Not buying out Louis Erickson, Sven Berchin, or any of other a million bad contracts on the team. That's some good management, Jim Benning. But wait. The idiots on Instagram, the delusional Canucks fans, are telling me that what they shouldn't sign Markstrom. Why? Because six million? Oh yeah, really great. Let's avoid a top five goalie in the league and not pay him six million, and instead allocate that four point nine of that six million on Braden fucking Holpe. Who cares about the expansion draft? You don't have to worry about that right now. When you over, don't need to overpay him. Don't need to worry about the expansion draft when you overpay players so much that there's no way they could possibly be selected in the expansion draft. That's yeah. some smart thinking from Jim Banning. Yeah. Uh, well, another team that I think had a re- had a really um had a, a really bad off season is the Carolina Hurricanes. I we were both really rooting for them and thought that they did pretty good, but they really haven't done anything so far in the offseason besides trading Joel Edmondson's negotiating rights. But really, before their main strength was their blue line depth and stuff, but now they've lost Sammy Vatnin, TVR, Edmondson. Like, they don't really have that anymore. Plus, they've also had, like, people like Dougie Hamilton on the trade block. He's one of their best players, and I just don't really think that they just haven't really done anything good so far in the offseason, and their team has gone noticeably worse worse so far. Well, I partially disagree with you on that. Yes, they've lost some pieces, but they haven't lost them yet. They still aren't signed. And also, they did need to move some defensemen because they need to bring – I think Jake Bean should be given a bigger role. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't – well, also, something else is that 
there was a lot of reports on them trying to get goalies and stuff. And it really is a buyer market, mar- buyer's market for goalies because there's so much good goalies available, whether it be free agency and trades and stuff. They really couldn't come up with everything, with anything, which really does it says a lot about the team and stuff. And it really, like, I just don't really know where their goaltending situation will be next year if they're, it's going to be the exact same if they're going to find someone would have to overpay for them. Like, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Well, I'm not exactly sure. But, hmm. Well, yeah. Well, some other... They haven't done done the work. And if they trade for Darcy Kemper, it's over. It's it's like a guaranteed Canes-Vegas finals, in my opinion. And now let's talk about teams that have gotten significantly better. Well, and I think that there's still a few more teams that we can talk to that really lo- were li- big losers in the offseason. Well, that's kind of obvious, Pittsburgh and Boston. Those are pretty obvious. I think everyone knows why they're losers. Yeah, but there's another – like, there's some other teams that really, I think, were, have had pretty bad off seasons so far. Like, for example, I think that the Islanders have had – a really bad offseason. Their two big RF is Barzell and Ryan Pula still aren't signed. They they've won players and like they they still have people like Johnny Boychuk, Andrew Ladmang so much and stuff. And then Devin Taves they gave him up for basically nothing, even though he is really underrated and stuff. So Lou Lamorello just hasn't been on so far. Nobs. Let's just calm down a second calling Pulak big because all the delusional Isles fans are going to think he's the next Bobby Orr. I mean, they prob- they already think that Pulak and Pelik are the top two defensemen in the league, but, you know, let's not further their incredible bias towards those two plays. All right, sure. Uh, who's, there was the GM that said that they might off, they would probably offer sheet someone, and I forget who that GM is now, but that... Now's your time to go after one of those guys or Sorelli or Sergachev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I really feel like, but this is the thing, like every year, everyone's always like, oh, this is the year there's going to be offer seats. This is what's going to happen. But it never really happens. But also, if I was a team looking to offer Sheen Islanders player, I'd actually probably want to do Puglock instead of Barzell. Because yeah. Liam Rello, he has said it before that he'd do anything to make sure that he keeps Barzell. So I think it would be really hard to be able to pry him from the Islanders. And if you are going to, you're going to have to give up a lot of compensation in terms of picks. But Pulak, you probably don't have to pay that much. It'll be a lot harder for Liam Rello to offer to match the offer sheet while still keeping enough room for Barzell. So I think he, he'll be more likely to not match it. And plus, he won't be as expensive, so you won't have to give up as much picks. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. That's probably the smarter offer sheet because of the reason you just said. And let's see what happens. Last year, the only offer sheet was a fake offer sheet for Aho, basically. Well, there was offer sheets. Apparently, Mitch Marner got a few, but he didn't actually sign any of them. Yeah, apparently, Columbus off- gave him an offer sheet, but he was like, no. Nope. I'm not going to Columbus. You think you think I want to live in Ohio? Fans were really worried that Marner wasn't going to sign, and then at that family dinner we were at, that notification, yeah, kind of saved it. 
Uh huh. It really did. You know, we were at, we were we're at our um I think second cousin's house. And her house yeah. is really l- r- lucky for Leafs things because we were also there when Austin Matthews had his four goal game. Yeah. Yeah. And we were at the same. <laughs> we were at the that beach when Tavares got signed, and at that beach when Johnson and Kavanaugh got signed. Yeah, it's like there's just a few lucky spots for us where the Leafs always make good moves. Fortunately, we can't go to those lucky spots anymore. Yeah, stupid ass COVID and it's cold. Yeah, that's another good suggest. That's another good point. It is cold, getting a lot colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, but now we can talk. Now let's go more positive. Let's talk about teams. No, no, that- no, no, no. Well, let's go more positive for us and laugh at Bruins fans because they're three best player. Well. They're four best players. One of them's gone. Three of them are hurt long term. Not laughing at the injuries. We're laughing at the Bruins fans. Yeah, ah, we ah, are. Fuck you. The that's what you. Injured. That's what you get for saying Halak should be traded because he wants to stay with his sick daughter. That, that's what you Not get. Halak. Not Halak. Rask. Yeah. Ra- oh, did I say Halak? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant i meant rask so yeah but- uh, i saw a funny tweet on twitter i forget who it's by but i didn't i don't remember who tweeted it but the tweet was nhl 21 very realistic to real life i was an elite goaltender in boston and they wanted me traded <laughs> i saw that one too <laughs> boston the toxicity and drunk fans of the world patriots Annoying yeah. fans, Red Sox, pretty annoying, and Bruins probably the worst. Oh yeah, well let's move something to more positive for everyone. Yeah. Well, Actually, let's so move to some. Well, some like winners and stuff. Is I'd say that the the, the Calgary Flames have actually had a really good off season so far. They got. Jacob Markstrom, and they finally have some goaltending stability. And I've said it before, I don't think that Riddick is good enough to be a starter. So I really like this move. They also, like, they got Louis Domingue, who could be a third stringer. And they did, they have lost some players like Brody and Hamannick. But I feel, I feel like it's, it's fine. Like, they have other players that it can replace them. They got Chris Tanev, who isn't, I think, is kind of overrated. He's still not bad, and I also like how they didn't trade any of their stars like Monahan or Gudra. I I think that never works out whenever a team trades one of their young stars. So I really like that they did that and just tried see it, see if they can make it work. So I think that the Flames are real off season winners here. I disagree with you on that. You do? Uh, I think the I don't. I think the Flames have gotten much better. Yes, they have with Markstrom a lot, but I think it's a downgrade going from Brody to Tanev, and it's a downgrade losing Hamannick and Gustafson. Their defense got much worse. Well, something and, else is that also, like in the draft too, when they moved down, they got two extra picks by moving down, down from 19 to 24. Then at 24, they took Connor Zard, who in my opinion wouldn't have been a bad pick at 19. So... I actually really like that. Congratulations. 
I still think they didn't do very well. But yeah, it, it, how how did they? They didn't improve their team at any position but goalie, and they lost at every other position. I I don't understand. No, I think that they won it forward, like they said, by not trading any of their young core. I guess. I think they should have traded Goudreau, actually. I think they try, should have tried to move him for Line, something like that. Because eh, I don't I don't really I don't really like Johnny Goudreau. I think he's pretty overrated. Him and Monaghan can't do jack in the playoffs. Well, you yeah, know, I just uh, oh, this is on Twitter. I think one just want to bring this up because I find it kind of funny. Cody CC on Twitter, he follows two people. He follows two people, and those two people, it's it's at billionaires. It's just for business, and and a meme page called Phil Werrell. Huh. I just find that funny. Like it's so odd. Like I saw they follow two people, and it's like, oh, it's probably like the Penguins and like one of like his pair or like his parents or something like that. No, it's just like. A, a a business account and then a random meme page like and then that wow. just like, money well uh a winner of the off season in my opinion and everyone says this every year and say they're going to be good and they suck but i think new jersey devils are a big winner yeah me think, too and i think that they are going to make it to at least the second round this year that is one of my hot takes of the year and Just I like how Will Butcher Black is gonna be Crawford are gonna win the 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 Jennings Trophy. Now let me elaborate on this because a lot of people are gonna disagree with me. First of all, with the off season, it's hard to disagree with that. They got much better. They they had a great draft. They got uh, Janssen. They got Crawford. They need to they need to resign Blackwood still. But I really like what they've done. And here's why I think they're going deep. For one, oh, and they got Ryan Murray, too. They improved their defense, which they need to improve. I think they're still – I think they could target Mike Hoffman or another winger to go on their team. And I think Jack Hughes will be much better. I think Nico Heischer is going to have a huge breakout year. So will Jesper Bratt, and I think Gusev's going to – Gusev wasn't even bad last year, but I think he's going to be much improved this year. And I think Bratt's going to get 60-plus points. Uh, if it's an 82-game season, I think he's going to get, like, actually 55-plus points. And I think they're going to make it to at least the second round. You know, I think that you want a way too extreme there. I don't think that they're going to win a playoff series. They'll definitely compete for one uh, for the playoffs, which is I think they'll do, which is what I think they'll do. But I don't think that they're, they are going to be able to, like, make it to the second round. But I do really like their offseason. They've made a lot of good – like, really good moves and stuff. I really like Andreas Janssen. I feel like that trade was pretty mutually beneficial for both teams. He could, I feel like he could fit in on their team. He can maybe even move up into the top six. They also got Ryan Murdy, who's a good top four defenseman for basically nothing. And they also got Corey Crawford to tandem with Blackwood. And Crawford's really underrated. He's been, and he was the main reason why the Blackhawks made the 2014 playoff last year. So, or I guess you could say this year too. So I re- I like what they've been doing a lot. Yeah. 
Well, I agree with you. Now, another winner, I think, in the offseason is the Leafs. And people are going to probably disagree with me in this, say I'm biased. But hear me out. First of all, the Kapanen deal. And that comes as the offseason. The Leafs offseason, technically, when they made that deal, because they choked in the play-ins. Dumbasses. And that Kapanen deal was a huge steal. They got more for Barry Kapanen than did for Devin Hayes. Nate Schmidt and Matt Murray combined. So pretty good deal. And they they did a pretty good job drafting. A lot of people hate the Amirov pick, and those are dumb schmucks. Amirov's a pretty a good pick. And you pick skill over size always. And they bolstered every position. Their defense has much improved with Brody and Bogosian. Lettinen's coming in. They're gonna they improve the goalies with acquiring Aaron Dell as a third goalie, which is perfect because he could he's a solid backup. He could even be a possible starter. Uh, and they even improved the, the depth a lot too. And they got the grit we needed in Simmons and they got Bogosian for the grit and they improved the depth with all those signings they made. And I really like this team. And yes, people at least then say, oh, we're going to the cup year. But I actually think the Leafs are going to make it to the conference final and get a toss up between them and the Canes. Yeah. What's your thoughts? I think that the Leafs have done really good, but we've seen it with the Leafs that you really can't make any conclusions about them until they start playing. But as of right now, I really like what they've done. And like everyone that's like people are like, oh, like like the Leafs are doing so bad. Like you can't if you're saying that the Leafs have had a bad offseason, you're just being biased. And it's really like I'm just on an article right now that it's just about all like it doesn't even have to do with the Leafs, but it's by Luke Fox. And for some reason, Leafs haters and boomer Leafs fans just don't like him because he's from Toronto and he's and because he's from Toronto, he writes stuff about Toronto. And some people think he's biased towards the Leafs, but like, it, like he put because he put he said in his ranking that the Leafs have had the um have have had the sixth best off season and and people are saying that he sucks now and because you said he, that um Leafs haters. Luke Fox said that the Leafs have had the sixth best offseason, and now biased Leafs haters are saying that he that the Leafs have had such a bad offseason, and they have a soft core that can never get it done in the playoffs. And I and I'm so negative because my wife left me five years ago, and no one loves me anymore. Like they didn't say that, but it's kind of implied. Yeah, I'd be curious to see who did he put ahead of the Leafs. I could definitely see. Uh... Uh, what's Had the Leafs, he put the Remember? Devils, yeah, the Capitals. What? The Capitals have been good. They got um. Oh yeah, they got well, Lundqvist, Brendan Dillon, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So, and then they also. Yeah, they got Trevor Van Riemsdyk. You didn't hear? When did this happen? I don't know, like a week ago or something. Oh, I completely missed up. Yeah, and then they also didn't really have any major subtractions because Braden Holtby, he wasn't that good last year. And I really, and I think that's a good move, especially considering what he got paid in free agency. So I think it's a good move to let him go. So yeah, they've been good. Then also the Flames don't necessarily agree with that. I said that they are a winner, but also like some of their moves I also don't really agree with. And now Utah and the Sabres, they've really had a good offseason. They air. They got Eric Stahl for a fourth liner. Taylor Hall 
uh, uh, in free agency. They got Cody Eakin and free and and Tobias Reader, who are both pretty low AAV deals that could work out. Like Ralph Kruger has been used as a advertisement point for players, so they've been really good. And number one, you put the Avalanche, and I really agree with that. The Avalanche have been had an amazing offseason. Joe Sackick has continued to be the best GM in the league, but getting Brandon Saad, Devin Taves for basically nothing because the Dwarves, they didn't really need. Like, they have a bunch of defensemen that are better than him anyway, so, yeah. That was... All right. Well, uh, some not-so-breaking news, but Tim Stutzla is out for six to eight months having... Uh, arm surgery so not great news for Ottawa I think it'll uh, be cares? fine because the season Ottawa. it's projected to they're saying that it will probably start January 1st and I think that that's at the earliest so that'll give them enough time to recover play a few games in the German league so like get warmed up and then come to North America for training camp maybe even make this end so I, th- I think that that's fine it shouldn't He's young, so it shouldn't affect him all that much. The only problem is that the Sens would probably like him to be playing now in continuous development, but it's four to six weeks, so I don't think it's not a super major injury. Like, it's still pretty bad, but not super bad, you know, or like you should be concerned. Oh, I thought it was six to eight months. Who's six to eight months? No, it's six to eight weeks, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so who is there? Then there was someone else that was six to eight months. Pretty sure it was like Brad Marchand or Pasternak, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously I knew that that he has, but there's someone that whatever I forget. Anyways, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, what about next year? Uh, let's make our way too early Calder uh award predictions because way not? too early award predictions. I love those. All right, I haven't really done any research for this, so this is just going off the top of my head. So. Like, this is both off the Calder. top of our heads. So Versus though. Calder. Who you got? Calder, I got Krill winner. What? Three nominees in the winner. Okay, so nominees, I have Krill Kaprizov, Alexi Lafreniere, and Elias Sorokin. And I have the winner being Kaprizov. I think that he's really good. He's the best player outside the NHL now. You can debate me, but that's just what I think. So... No, you've already heard a lot about him. So I don't really need to talk about him. Lexi Lafreniere, same thing. You already know what he is. You've heard a lot about him. He's going to be an amazing first overall pick. And then Elias Sorokin, best goalie outside the NHL. He's been the top goalie in Russia for a few years in a row. Islanders pick. And also the Islanders have a system that normally looks goalies look better and boosts their stats a lot, which should help him in the Calder race. And he'll definitely be a finalist so that's my picks what's and the older age limit like at what 26 age so, so Sorokin. win the calder yeah pretty sure or it might be you so miko letnin could win the calder i don't think that miko lennon will be eligible i'm not sure He's 26 well i'll see because uh, i'm well the thing is though i'm not sure if it's 26 and younger or under 26 that's the thing. So, it, so oh well, if it if, if he was eligible, he definitely would have a chance. He has an advantage over every prospect by a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he could. Anyway, I'm, let's, I'm not, say, I'm just let's say Let's say he's not. I think it's Kaprizov, Lafreniere. Well, actually, yeah, Lafreniere. And I can't say Nick Robertson because that's too biased, right? No, I don't think Nick – I don't um, – oh, okay, so – yeah, so you can't have had your 26th birthday before September 15th of the season, of before the season. So, like, basically, yeah, so it's under, you need to be under 26. So, Lennon won't be eligible. Uh-huh. Well, honestly, the the only reason I'd say Nick Robertson is because of he's going to he there's a big possibility he spends most of the year playing with John Tavares and William Nylander. That's the only reason why. No, I think that'll probably the Leafs will probably I think will it'll slow be, play it. I don't think that this is yeah. a situation where they need a rush him in. I, I don't even think that he'll need a play in the NHL next year. It'll be great if he does, but I don't think that it should be a max priority for them. And if he does, they'll probably start him on the third line, second power play. Then if he does amazing, then they can move him up. I don't. I wouldn't put, place your bets on Robertson winning the Calder. He could, and he could be a surprise, but he might not even play in the NHL next year. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to say uh, Alexander Holtz then. Ooh, that's a bit of a spicy take. Bold, it's a bold prediction, but I don't know if Jack Hughes breaks out. Holtz might be playing with Jack Hughes. And... But that's mm. the thing. I don't even know if Holtz, Holtz, like Holtz might not even play in the NHL next year. If he's do, doing really well in Europe and stuff, and he's on a roll, they might not want to ruin it, and they might just want to keep him in Europe just for this year, and then next year put him in. I think Holtz, Holtz is probably going to play, and that's it's a bold prediction. I don't think he's going to win. I think it's going to be Kaprizov by a bit of a margin. But you know what? Those are my three... Three dudes for the call. The Hart Trophy. For Hart Trophy? All right. Well, for the Hart Trophy, I think that it should be Connor McDavid. He's the best player in the world. So I think like, he should win next year. But finalists all have Nathan McKinnon. He's just really good. And then there's always like the one guy that, that just is there because he just, and wait, like he just carried his team. So, and then I'd also probably say, my third, because you never know, because there's normally like someone that just goes out of nowhere and stuff. So, hmm, I'm not really Is sure. Third? Well, I'm not really I sure who it could be. Okay, well, while you choose, my nominee is Eichel, McKinnon, McDavid, and I think McDavid's going to win it because they hate McKinnon. I think that McDavid will win it because he's the best player in the world. But well, yeah, he's also the best player in the world. But yeah, and I think Eichel's playing with Taylor Hall. He'll get much more points, and yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I actually don't think that that's a bad pick, but I will probably have to go with. Hmm, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure. Like, it could be Austin Matthews because. Austin Matthews could get like fifty-eight goals next year. He's on the Leafs. He won't. He won't that, get that's on. true. He's on the Leafs because all the Leafs haters will say, "Oh, he sucks. Like he's soft." Blah blah no, blah 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 blah. Media trying not to be biased towards the Leafs will always go against the Leafs players. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
every that that yeah that is definitely true every but i'd actually probably say my third nominee is i would will have to go with on with andre svechnikov i think that he Ooh. i was okay I like that. do you think that that's spicy you should have I, I was actually going to say Brady to Chuck. That was one of my players that I was thinking, but Andre Svechnikov. Okay, now you're just going too far. <laughs> Let's hear Svechnikov's reasoning. Okay, well, Svechnikov, he's a future 40-goal scorer. He's really good. He has the skill. He has, like, he just – and I feel like he'll elevate himself even more. He was dr- – he was drafted second overall. Like, he was really high. People have always known he's going to be really good. He still has so much potential. Like, he could potentially be even a 50-goal scorer and a 100-point getter in the future. He could be, like, a bet. Like, I feel like at his peak, if he really lives up to the height, he can be, like, a better defensively Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, damn. Better defensively Leon Dreisaitl. That's not very hard to do. Leon Dreisaitl shit defensively. <laughs> But the offensive perks of Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, well, like that. I see. So and also, Svechnikov, he's also just amazing on the power play. And he's also, re- like, the Hart Trophy and normally rewards offense. And that's just what he's amazing at. Like, this is just the percentiles for, for goals 4 per 60, 99th percentile. Expected goals four per sixty, a hundredth percentile. Corsi four per sixty, ninety eighth percentile, and then like same with on the power play and stuff. So he's just really good. Yeah. Well, what about your uh, Richard Trophy Richard winners? For me, I think my top three are going to be Austin Matthews, Kyle Connor, and Sebastian Aho. Mm. And I think Matthews is going to win by ten goals, not ten right. goals. A few goals. I, I don't think I think Ovechkin is going to not score fifty goals next year. Really? Okay. Well, I'm going to say Austin Matthews. I'm going to say Austin Matthews, Alex Ovechkin, and then for my third, for my third one for the goals, I would probably have to say Patrick Wine. No, I don't really like him and stuff, but he's always been known for his goal scoring, and he has like uh, actually. You know what? Actually, I'm taking that back. I'm taking that back. I, yeah, don't I listen to me. to rip you in half. <laughs> don't listen to me. I did not do any research for this, so this is just off the top of my head. But, yeah, the, don't don't listen to me. I never have anything worthwhile to say, in my opinion. Like, yeah. Um, then for the goal, he's like, this is kind of tough because there's a few guys. Like, I could go like this, but then it's like, Oh, but I'm not sure. Like, there's a bunch of factors, and it's like this guy, he could, but he probably will need to grow a lot. I'm not sure. But I, and like David Pasternak, I would say, but then again, he's probably going to miss the start of the season stuff. And then, but I'm not so not like sure. And then there's like Zabinjad, he was amazing, but he also was hot and cold, and I'm not sure. And then, like, you know, like, it's, I'm like, it could be this guy, but then what about this? It could be this guy, but then, like, what about this? Yeah. yeah, but I'd probably say Elias Pettersson. He has a really good shot. He's really good skating. I know that he's, so far he's got been more assist heavy, but he can still really score. And I think that this is he 
he'll have a, a really amazing season this year. And I actually probably could even put him up for the Hart Trophy too. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say Elise Patterson. All right, all right. What about the Vesna Trophy? Who's going to win that? Vesna Trophy? I'm going to go uh, and say it right now. If Darcy Kemper gets traded, he's going to win it. I'd probably – well, I'll say that Hellebuck will win again. He's just really good. He'll probably – and then I know probably. that Vasilevsky will definitely be a finalist, even if he doesn't deserve it, just because it's kind of like, you know, like they need a Vasilevsky as a finalist. But then really what it should be is Kemper probably will be because he's just like like, – like he, like he, he probably would have been a Vesna finalist this year if he wasn't – if he wasn't injured, then I'd also probably say Markstrom too. But I'd also put mm-hmm. Carter Hart up there too. Like Carter yeah, Hart I could be too. Say Hart, uh, Hellebuck, Kemper. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart's so good. They named the MVP trophy after him before 90 years before he was even born. Exactly. Yeah. That's just how good he is. He's just really good. Right. Well, next trophy. Um, is that the, we don't have to do like the extra ones. What about the Adams? Jack Adams? Jack yeah. Adams, and it kind of goes to the surprise, like, of the year. Yeah, that's year. So I'm not really, like, I don't know. I can't really predict it. I don't really think it's just, like, a predictable thing. But, yeah, I, I don't know, like. I'm not, I, I don't want to predict, say something because I know I'm definitely going to get embarrassed by it later. Like, I could say Keith, but then everyone's going to say I'm biased. At least, yeah. Then I could see, like, I don't know, someone else that's a good coach. Then the, I'm going to say Ralph Kruger of the Buffalo Sabres will win it. He's a really good coach. Mm. And it seems like a lot of his players really like him, including Jack Eichel. And I really think that that's one of the main things that keep, that's keeping Jack Eichel in Buffalo is that Ralph Kruger and he's been known to elevate teams that aren't so good to higher levels like he did with Team Europe in the World Cup. So I, I'm going to go with Ralph Kruger. Mm, all right. Well, I don't really know who, so I'm just going to like skip, I guess. Skip. All right. Okay. Well, what what about next? What about um thinking what Norris Trophy? Um Norris Trophy. Hmm. Oh. Um I don't I don't know. I I assume uh one of Quinn Hughes and Kamala Carr is gonna be nominated. Yeah, pro I i I'm gonna go another Buffalo pick. I know I'm just all over with Buffalo. I'm gonna go Rasmus Dallin. He'll he'll be. Oh, you scared the shit out of me. I thought you were gonna say Ristolainen. No, Ristolainen. Ristolainen shouldn't even isn't even a top pair defenseman. Calling all dog shit. Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Ristolainen is a Tyson Berry type player, except not as good on offense. And also not really that good on the power play either. So he's basically like Tyson Berry if he was a bit below average offensively, which is basically Cody Cece. 
but yeah. overrated. Yeah. So Rasmus Dahlin, I like it. Mm-hmm. Rasmus Dahlin. I'm probably go Victor Hedman too. I'll probably also go Victor Hedman and Dougie Hamilton. Ooh. All right. All right. Who's going to win? Victor Hedman. All right. Makes sense. So I think it's going to be Dougie Hamilton, either uh, more, one of Morgan Riley, Seth Jones, and Zach Wierenski, and Victor Hedman. You know what? Why not? Screw Victor Hedman. I won't say him just because uh, we'll go a bit bolder, I guess. I'll say uh, Zach Wierenski, Morgan Riley, and Dougie Hamilton. And Dougie Hamilton first, uh, Morgan Riley third because, you know, they vote mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I think Morgan Riley's going to be amazing next year with I feel, uh, a real yeah, partner. Morgan Riley was really good. It was really good two years ago while playing with Ron Hainsey. He was one of the top offensive defensemen in the league. And this year, let all was... defensemen in goal when playing with Ron fucking Hainsey. Yeah. And this year, he was pretty good, but he was just playing injured most of the year. Like he was, he was really good. He was just in, playing injured most of the year or injured. So we didn't really get a chance. But yeah, I actually really like that pick. And I could probably say that too. But then when my brother is listening to this, he's going to be saying that I'm such a biased Leafs fan and stuff. But yeah, no, I actually... you say it about me, actually. That's his probably favorite words using my name and biased Leafs fan in a sentence. That's probably the thing he said the most over the past year. Yeah. He, well, he called, he said that I'm a biased Leafs fan because I said that Josh Norris won't will, will be a top line center. <laughs> not really biased i bet you half the people listening to this show don't even know who that is josh norris a decent prospect but he's not amazing he was one of the best players in the ahl last year but he also is a bit older too so yeah really like he like garrett sparks and look at him so was garrett sparks so was jeremy bracco exactly you can't really look at the player's ahl production and judge it much about them until they're actually playing in the NHL and produce. Like Cody you can't really, you can't, best player in the NHL. Like, you can't, you can't say how good a player is going to be until they play in the NHL. And then, exactly. and then once they play in the NHL, then yeah. But not he could say I'm biased, but that's just my take. So yeah. And then what? What else? Um, how about who do you think is going to get? Um, what other awards? Or do you think we should just end it here and not, uh, and not extend the podcast with endless with like filler that no one probably wants to hear? Sure, why not? But before we go, if there was a Jennings for defense pair, it would be Matheson and CC. Of course, of course, and everybody, GM of the year, Joe Sackick. Remember to follow us on Instagram at. Broken Twig podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Broken Twig, and yeah, we post a lot of stuff there. And also remember to recommend us to all your friends. And if we suck, still recommend us to all your friends because this podcast is so bad. You should listen to it just to see how bad is it, and listen to it for like twelve hours in a row just that you can fully absorb the badness. Right, Hersey? 
You know, like you can't just see how bad something is by listening to it once. You need to listen to it a million times before you can judge how bad it is and then tell all your friends about it so that they can listen to it too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. Unless you're a Canucks fan or a Penguins fan, I'm sure you're having a horrible day, but cheer up that your team might do good. Goodbye.